Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Tonight is a prophetic night. You can can be seated now. That's all I want to say before you're seated. What does a prophetic night mean? You have three parts to you. I wish somehow American culture could fit my schedule because this is when I'm most awake. I wish church always started at 10 p.m. I'd like to have dinner at like 1.30 in the morning. That's my schedule. You have three parts to you. Your body, your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, your intellect, your will, and then your spirit. Most people never make it out of the first two. Their lives are run by their body. You want to have sex with somebody, you have sex with someone. You're like a golden retriever. Just do what you want. I'm hungry, I eat. I'm thirsty, I drink. I'm tired, I sleep. I need to go to the bathroom. That's most people. Some people make it past that into their soul. And some people have expounded into their soul. That's metaphysics, religion. Visualize yourself healed. Visualize yourself a millionaire. They tap into the power of the mind. But the part of you that makes you like God is God puts something in you that animals don't have and plants don't have. It's called the spirit. And the Bible says the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord. That's where God speaks to you on the inside. Most people never tap into that realm, but that realm is where the power is. A blind man came seeking Jesus. Jesus said, Believest thou that I can make you see? Not visualize yourself seeing, not hear some carrots to eat till your eyes start working again. Believest thou that I can make you see? And he replied, yes, Lord. And Jesus said, as your faith is, so be it unto you. And instantly his eyes were open. When you live from your spirit out, You become an indestructible force on this earth. There is no government plan that can stop a man who is full of the power of the Holy Ghost in their spirit and then yields to that power. And that's what tonight is. Tonight is God filling you to begin the new year where you're not going to wonder what the year has planned. The year is going to have to react to what God is loosing on the inside of you. I'll mention some things that have to do with the nation and the world that God's laid on my heart, but different than most New Year's Eve services, I have felt to focus on you. And what you can do, which if you've been in this ministry for any period of time, especially if you've been in for a longer time, three, four, five, six, seven years before we had the church, then I've at least been able to role model to you forward advancement, gigantic steps of forward advancement every year. In 2020, we had our record year financially, $5.1 million up from 3.2 the year before during the pandemic. This year, we gave away just under $6.5 million. So now we give what our record income was three years ago. So I'm only saying that because, and that's, that's just counting cash. That's not counting aircraft or buildings 
That's not counting the value of the property at 107. That's not counting the 24.8 acres of land. That's just cash and gold and other valuables that people hand us and smile and shake our hands. So, and if you think, well, that's because you're a preacher, there's lots of preachers that are losing property and going bankrupt. Has nothing to do with being a preacher or being tax exempt, because being tax exempt just means you don't have to pay taxes. It doesn't give you any income. Tax free on zero is still zero. It's the blessing of God. So I bring that up because people think preachers are full of crap, but I'm not. That airplane isn't made out of crap. It's made out of steel and it flies and it's full of jet fuel that God not only gave us that plane, the same week somebody gave us the plane, somebody wired $151,000 and wrote for jet fuel. And then before we finished that, somebody just wired another 125000 for jet fuel. I never asked for any. Don't have to. I make a point every year to do what we're doing tonight, and then the year follows suit. I'm not being dragged. You ever see two types of people walk their dog? One person, the dog is walking them. You get back here. You know? <laughs> That's how most people are with the year. They're just reacting to the year. But then you have other people that know how to properly, you know, the, 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 I don't know if they still talk like this, but the old term was dog and master. And there were other owners where they were the master of their dog. They just look hey, and point and the dog comes right there. That's called dominion. Dominion resides in the spirit of a man. And the same way you can get your dog to come in your yard by pointing, you can have everything in life yield to the dominion that's on the inside of your spirit. Thanks for six amens. I know no one believes that, including preachers. I mean, no, our kids all, no matter what we do, they go their own ways. Speak for yourself. Camila will serve the Lord all the days of her life. Because the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they'll not depart from it. Does it say that or not? So you need to have an understanding like never before of the word dominion. Because if you don't, you're going to be on a lot of antidepressants between now and when Jesus comes back. Because the Bible says that things are going to get so haywire in the world that men's hearts will fail them because of the fear. So you better make up your mind tonight that my peace in 2024 has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on in politics, in the Middle East, in Yemen, in Taiwan, in anywhere. The Bible says, maintain an unbroken state of peace. That's a command. And then if the Bible tells you to do it, then God gives you the power to do it. So I'm not concerned. Other people can be concerned because they should be concerned because they don't know the Lord. If I didn't know the Lord, I'd be very concerned. I'd be on a lot of drugs, legal and illegal. I would have to drink something or smoke something or inject something or take a pill to go to sleep at night, another one to wake up because my peace would be in the pocket of the Federal Reserve or the Supreme Court or election integrity. I don't live in that world. I live above that world. And you don't live in that world if you don't want to. The Bible, you say, what are you talking about? We do live in that world. The Bible says, be, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. Then part of the blessing of God is Deuteronomy 28. 
I will set you on high above all nations of the earth. That means that the end time believer will operate at a higher level than the nation that they live in, unaffected by that nation. The Lord spoke to me in 2019, sorry, 2020. A disruption is going to come to domestic air travel. And to what I've called you to do, you're going to need your own aircraft. Begin to charter planes and believe me for that. I couldn't afford that. But the Lord told me to do it. I could afford one trip. So I got one trip. Then the money supernaturally came in for the next one. And then we started doing it. And then it got in the budget and we kept going. The Spirit of God is not reactionary. The Spirit of God keeps you ahead of the curve. Elijah didn't say, oh my God, I heard there's a famine. He said, a famine is coming. Then God told him, go down to Kareth Brook at the place I've prepared for you. Say this out loud. God has a place that he's prepared for me. Go to Kareth Brook. God always has a place for you. God's not up in heaven going, listen, just give me like three years to get everything figured out. This world's going crazy, and then I'll get back to you about what my plan is. God knows the end from the beginning. God knows the future better than people know the past. And he has a place for you. Go down to Kareth Brook, eat what the ravens bring you, and drink from the brook. Say this out loud. God has a place for me. God has provision for me. And your provision's tied to that place. So I'd be careful. You know, you don't just up and move. I'm not trying to do this to wrangle you into going to church here for the rest of your life. But you, people, people just bounce out of the will of God. Willing, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, quit thinking about and live out of your spirit. I've not done one thing in life because I thought about it. My wife that's dressed like Vanna White in the front row, she, <laughs> I got out of Bible school my dad met my mom at Bible school. My uncles met their wives at Bible school. My grandfather met my grandma at Bible school, all at the same Bible school. And I met nobody. And so I was concerned because that's how you're supposed to get married. How are you going to meet somebody to marry after you've graduated Bible school and you're in the ministry? You can't meet people on the road preaching. Be healed in Jesus' name. What's your number? That's called being shady. That'll end your ministry. And then I was doing my devotions one day. If you want to know how to live out of your spirit like you hear me talking about, it starts by having a high place for the word of God. Because the word is not a motivational book. It's a spiritual book. Written, you know, they said Paul wrote the book. Peter wrote this book. The Bible was written and authored by the Holy Spirit through men. So when you read it, 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 it kicks alive your spirit on the inside if you read it right. So I was reading my devotions, and in Proverbs, there's a verse in the New Living Translation. It said, establish your business, then build your house. The Lord said, you still, then when I read that, the Lord said, you still live in your parents' home. If I gave you a wife, where would you put her? You don't have enough food for you. How are you going to feed a second person? Work on building your ministry. Then in due time, I'll bring a wife alongside of you, and it'll be the easiest thing in the world. We got a call for, to my dad's office. I was working with my dad at the time. It was a Dallas calling from Zion Bible Institute. One of the professors at that school had attacked divine healing. She had been on a mission trip and heard me preach on healing and uh, had questions. So they, they directed the call to me because my dad was out. I was the only other minister in there. 
I, answer, I answered her questions. I got the address where I could ship her T.L. Osborne's book, Healing the Sick, and I was done with the call. Because the Lord said, until that time when I bring a wife, don't worry about it. So I, I was just straight ahead. Talked, hung the phone up, and the second I hung the phone up, on the inside, the Lord said, that's the wife I've prepared for you. And so that was, uh, we had our first date, December 2005, and married in September 2006. And it's been an easy marriage because it wasn't me searching for a match. It was the Lord taking care of every aspect of my life. To live out of your spirit, you have to have a confidence that there's no aspect of your life that God has left off of his radar. If you care about it, he cares about it. <laughs> there's a pastor. He's an older man now. His father died early. His mother remarried. And his mother told him when they were driving to church, Jesse Duplantis was going to preach that night. She told him in the car. She was in her 80s. She said, when I get to heaven, I don't, I, I'm glad I remarried. I like my new husband, but I like your dad better. I want my mansion to be next to him. And my pastor friend said, mom, that's crazy. God's going to give you a mansion. You can't pick what part of the neighborhood it's going to be in, whatever. They get to church that night. Jesse Duplantis is preaching, calls out his mother and says, the Lord just spoke to me. Where you want your mansion is where he's going to put it. <laughs> Say it out loud. There's no part of my life that's unimportant to God. I've seen that with my daughter, wanting to go to Disney, wanting a dog, whatever. God cares. My wife made mention of something that she wanted yesterday, and I had it ordered. She mentioned it in the, in the early afternoon. It was ordered before dinner time, and it wasn't a small item. What she cares about, I care about. And God is a better person than me. And the Bible says, if you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father Give good gifts to those who ask. I'm ordering a vehicle in 2024 that if people see it, will probably make them leave the church. It's nice. Then I'm going to get it wrapped. There's this kind of wrap. It's like an, I felt like the chrome wasn't enough. So they make this other kind. It's like an oil slick. And when you drive by it, it changes colors. So I already told Patrick to get working on it. Did you know a prophet messaged me on Twitter? The only person I've talked to about is Patrick. And a prophet messaged me on Twitter yesterday and said, the Lord gave me a dream about you that in 2024, you're going to get a dream vehicle and it's going to be an odd color like no one's ever seen. Do you know why I bring that up? Be just number one, because if you're going to leave the church, you can just get a head start. <laughs> And then secondly, to show you, God knows everything. So you say, well, what does God care about? I give away. If God cares about little things and knows about little things, how much more does he care and know about the big things that deal with your life? One of the things that's going to mark your life from tonight is your life is not going to be you grasping, trying. You're going to, from tonight, be led by the Spirit of God. And in being led by the Spirit of God, you're going to realize God never leads backwards. He always leads forward. If you believe it, can you say amen? amen. So most, most people, most preachers never, never learn how to preach out of their spirit. You know, I went to Bible college and they teach on preaching, but they don't really teach 
spiritual preaching out of your spirit. Where did Peter prepare his sermon on the day of Pentecost? He wasn't even scheduled to preach. He was just tearing for the Holy Spirit. Then a crowd of people showed up, and the Bible says Peter stepped forward, and if you read it, he quoted all kinds of scripture verbatim, gave an altar call, and the Bible says the same people that came to mock them, that the Holy Spirit pricked their hearts, and they came forward and received Christ. So where did he preach? He was preaching out of his spirit. A lot of people get a glimpse of, of the Holy Ghost at some point, but they, they don't know. I'm just explaining what a prophetic service is because people mock this kind of stuff. Some people give a theme for every year, but I just do what the Bible says. Okay. The Bible says, so if you're going to do what the Bible says, how about start with this? Despise not prophesying. Our lives are built on the foundation of God's word, but if you read the word, there is an operation of the Holy Spirit, and one of those operations of the Holy Spirit is prophesying, where God tells you, I will show you things that are to come. My dad's a preacher. He's an evangelist. He felt, actually it was during the, the fast at the beginning of the year. The church that we were attending as a family had changed directions. They got a new pastor. The new pastor was no fan of the Holy Spirit. You know, they went more to the, the seeker-sensitive model that was big in the 1990s. And the Lord spoke to my father in January. If you, leave, if you stay in the church you're in right now, your daughter will never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So think about that. I believe if God wants... No, where you go and who you hang around has an impact. And many people, the reason their children don't serve the Lord is because they grew up in an on-fire church and then they just stayed in a dead place. And though they know what real Christianity is, their children never were exposed to real Christianity. So the Lord said that to my father. If you stay in this church, you're, just so you know, your daughter will never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. and It'll cause her problems down the road. So then he said to my father to move to Maine and help my grandfather, A.E. Shuttlesworth, who took his last church up in Bangor to help him out. So we moved there as a family. The Lord showed my dad in a dream the name of the street sign that we live on. And when they were looking at homes, they went and it was the exact name that he had told my mother. That's the Holy Ghost. Same one that'll move your mansion in heaven away from your second husband, closer to your first husband. <laughs> Cares about where you live on this earth. Can you say amen? And so I saw that from my dad. My cousin Preston's in the front row. His, his father is my dad's brother, Terry Shuttlesworth. I was in one of his meetings in a hotel ballroom that he rented in Massachusetts. And I think it was in September. And he prophesied nine earthquakes that were going to take place in the United States in the next year in order. Told the cities and they all in order exactly like he prophesied them. So some people have never been around this, so then when they hear it, they think it's goofy or they'll just wade through it until we get to the New Year's countdown. There is a different operation. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's a different operation that some people, they've done it as ministers in their private life, but they, they don't do services like this much anymore. You have to go to one of Pastor Rodney's meetings, my Uncle Ted, people I have in here do where there's a flow of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when we had Dag Haywood Mills in, you notice he was teaching out of the Bible, and then he'd go now in the realm of the Spirit. The Lord shows me that you, and he would start giving people words from their ministry. Say this, the Spirit and the Word agree. 
So as you're ministering the word, the Holy Spirit comes behind the word, and that's actually what separates Christianity from all the other religions. Because we're not just reading writings from our founder from whatever 400 AD, 1100 AD. The, the Bible isn't alive. The Bible says it's living and active. So there's no verse. So if you're, well, I just do, I just read the Bible. I don't need all that prophetic stuff. Well, there's no verse in the Bible, Jonathan, build me a strong church in Pittsburgh. That's not in the Bible, in any translation, even in the Message Bible. Even the Passion Translation, which takes a lot of liberties, has nothing about Pittsburgh. So then the Lord talks about building the church in the Bible, but then as you read it, the Spirit will come and tailor make things in line with the Word to you. The Bible talks about marriage, and he that finds a wife finds a good thing. There's nothing about Puerto Rico in there. There's nothing about Adonis in there. But then as you're reading it, there's, a, there's that deeper level that many people never get into, but you're going to get into it tonight. And when you, I said you're going to get into it tonight. And in getting into it, it's going to sharpen you for the upcoming year. The prophetic operation of the Holy Ghost sharpens your focus. That's what themes are for the year. The righteous shall possess the land. 22 days later, 24.8 acres of land given to us in this city. So part of what prophetic focus is, is A, it focuses your spirit. And then in focusing your spirit, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It begins to focus your confession. Look at the difference between saying... What, I, what I'd say if I was a normal person, I don't know how we're ever going to get land. We're only a two-year-old church. To the righteous shall possess the land. God can't bless, I don't know how we're going to get land. But God can bless you speaking his word. Can you say amen? There's a, there's a preacher, he'd be like, what I'm talking about, you know. You're not going to hear much prophetic operation in his meetings. But then one time, he called me. And there was a ministry that had attacked our ministry. This is years ago. And that ministry had multiple campuses. He said, I heard this ministry attacked your ministry. He said, oh, I can tell you right now, I know in my spirit they're going to lose their one campus immediately. And they shut it down within about six months after he said it. So some people, they know how to operate in that in their private life, but it never makes its way into the, into the pulpit. And that needs to come back. You know, they say, pastors are going to get replaced by AI. Not my kind, because AI doesn't know the future, and AI can't give a word tailor-made for somebody in a congregation. So if you rattle off some pre-written sermon at 8 a.m., then repeat it at 9.15, and then repeat it and tell the same joke in the same place, you will get replaced by AI. But the Holy Ghost Church can never be replaced by anything because we have something the world doesn't have. We have the Word and the Spirit, and it's what sets us apart. Everybody say, I'm set apart. Second Chronicles chapter 20. When, when uh, God spoke to my dad to, to move to Maine and we moved to Maine, that's where I met our, the new addition to our pastoral team, Pastor Dean and his wife, Pastor Denise. He was my youth pastor. Look how the Lord even worked that out for the future. Now he's here with the Lord. I'm telling you, if you get in this flow, you don't only meet your wife. You meet just like Everybody you're supposed to meet. You get in the flow. God has a flow. That's why Pastor Rodney calls his church the river. 
I had a sermon prepared for this morning. That was my flow. Then when I got here, I got in the actual flow. God has a flow. Most people, they won't get in the flow. When Dad Haywood Mills and I met in that trailer outside of that door, and he said, I want you to come on a crusade with me on Thanksgiving week. Well, my flesh is, that's Thanksgiving. Jesus doesn't care about Abraham Lincoln calling November Thanksgiving. And so I got in the flow. I said, I'll be there. Then you found out everything worked out. We didn't need a visa. We didn't have enough time to get a visa. The president had dropped visa restrictions for Americans coming to Angola just a couple weeks before. Everything worked out easy. When you get in the flow, say this out loud. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Joe Biden has no capacity to change that verse. It doesn't matter what anybody in his cabinet or the Department of Justice or some wicked federal judge, nobody can change and alter what Jesus said. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a flow you can get into that makes life easy and makes the burden light. We owe one million something dollars a month. I don't feel it at all. I don't even check the money much anymore. It just doesn't matter. It just comes in. Because I'm not doing one thing the Lord spoke to me not to do. I listened to Brother Hagin one time when Jimmy Carter was in office. The Lord spoke to him ahead of time. Everybody said the Lord speaks ahead of time. I told Brother Hagin in prayer, get out of every ministry that I haven't called you to. Brother Hagin realized he had started a prayer and counseling center and he thought, you know, that was just like a movement in Christianity in the 80s and 90s. Well, that's good. It's not everybody should shut it down, but the Lord never called him to do that. There's lots of things people do that are good, but it's not necessarily, you know, fighting human trafficking is good. But God hasn't called me to do that, so I can watch Sound of Freedom three times. That doesn't substitute for a, a, a calling. So you have to stay in your flow that God has for you. That's why God has a big body. Look all around you. This is the body of Christ. The work of the Great Commission is too great for any one person to do. So ever, no one has it as their full assignment. Everybody has their piece of the pie that they're to take out. Can you say amen? amen. Get out of every ministry that I've not called you to. So Brother Hagin left his place of prayer that morning, went in and met with the entire 40-some person staff of the prayer or, or the counseling center and told them, that their department was shut down and they would no longer have jobs. He obeyed. And the Lord said, if you get out of everything I tell you to do, when the coming economic crunch happens, you won't feel it. There's a way to navigate through life by the Holy Ghost where no matter what happens, everybody was starving to death and Elijah never missed one meal. That's why I, I don't have, I do have a freezer at home and it has steak in it, but that's just for, for me to eat. It's not for preparation for doomsday. I'm not preparing for run out. I'm, I'm doing what God has said for advancement. Everything that gets your eyes focused on worst case scenario, I pray it gets rooted out of your spirit permanently today. God doesn't have you alive at the earth to go into some book of Eli, Fallout 76 type of world. 
he didn't save the worst for last. He saved the final generation of Christians to carry out Joel's prophecy. We're not going to run out of money and be in a bomb shelter. We're going to build huge churches with packed altars of people getting saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost and delivered from devils of addiction and abuse. That's what we're going to do, and the devil can't do anything to stop it in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that tonight, go ahead and do what you're already doing. Clap your hands in Pittsburgh. Clap your hands in Fort Worth. Announce to the devil that 2024 is going to be a rough year for him. My dad followed that instruction. And uh, we go up to that church. They had my Uncle Ted in to preach. I think my sister was probably 11 and a half in there. And my Uncle Ted's in the middle of preaching like I'm preaching right now. And he points over in the section where my sister's sitting, which would be like this section. So the Holy Spirit's going through this section like a wave. And when he said it, my sister lifted her hands and began to bellow out in other tongues. Just that easy. Now she's pastoring in Montreal, Quebec. Great church. One of the only, I think the only one that stayed open. You have other people in Canada. We stayed open. Yeah, but nobody even knows you exist. You have like 19 people in a garage. The only church of note that stayed open in Montreal. And God knew she needed that equipment back when she was 11 to get the job done when she was 35. So there's things God's depositing in you right now. Lift your hands all over this room. There's things God's depositing in you right now that aren't just going to help you in 2024. They're going to carry you for the rest of your life. Say it so the devil can hear you. Thank you, Father, that you're not finished with me. My best days are not behind me. My best days are yet to come. Give the Lord another great hand clap. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching out against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hazen Tamar. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. I told you this morning, but there's new people here tonight. I did not invent fasting. You're going to have preachers that don't fast. It happens every freaking year. You know, they'll never say me by name. Some ministries get all their people fasting for 21 days. As if I invented it. Let me tell you something. Not only did I not invent fasting, if I could remove it from the Bible, I'd remove it right now. I like to eat. I was born Pentecostal. It was the only thing we were allowed to do for fun. That's why most of our ministers look like they played nose tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. But it's in the Bible. There's no removal of it. Well, that was in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, uh, you should tithe. And then he taught in Matthew 6, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. Jesus, our disciples are always fasting. Yours are always eating. 
Jesus said, yes, the groomsmen don't mourn when they're with the bridegroom, but then the day will come where the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Kenneth Hagin fasted two days every week for the first 20 years of his ministry. Teal Osborne went to India for two years, never got one person saved, came back in utter failure, went on a fasting and prayer expedition for one year to ask the Lord, you called me overseas, I can't get anybody saved, what's the secret? And during that one year of prayer and fasting, on and off, mostly on, the Lord gave him the secret to mass crusade evangelism. Oral Roberts fast, A. Allen fast, Bishop David Oyadepo fast. <laughs> not only did I not invent fasting, not only is it in the Bible, you are not, it's not our church that's fasting. It is the global body of Christ that will be fasting for 21 days in January. South Korea, Nigeria, Ghana, you name it. Anybody with a spiritual ministry fasts in the beginning of January. They called a fast. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. Everybody say fasting and prayer. Oh, Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people in Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people did not give this, uh, uh, your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, I'm, I'm, I'm having you repeat this, not for no reason, but to get it in your spirit and to keep half of you awake. Because some of you aren't used to staying up this late, you have early mornings. Say war, plague, and famine. Now, what is that? War is general unrest, plague is incurable sickness and disease, and famine is economic dryness and run out. So basically, and when I say basically, not basically, everything you face in life will go into one of those three categories. Finances, health, general unrest. And the Bible says anytime you're faced with anything in any of those three areas, or two of the three, or all three, you can come to me and I will hear you and I will help you. God's not the author of famine and bankruptcy and run out. God's not the author of disease and turmoil in the house. Not only is he not the author of it, he said anytime you're faced with these things, when you call on me, I will hear you and I will help you. You are leaving here help tonight. Nothing you came in here with is gonna follow you into 2024 in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give the Lord a mighty shout in Texas. Give the Lord a mighty shout in Pittsburgh. Hallelujah. We can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us. You will hear us and you will rescue us. Now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they've come to throw us out of your land. Which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. 
as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. Is there children's ministry going on right now? No. Do you know why many services we have the kids in the meeting? Is because that's what they did in the Bible. Now, we have a great children's ministry, but I was in meetings like this. I was not in junior church. I was sitting in my little suit like my dad had on that I made them buy me so I could look like my dad in church like her. Look at this girl. Looks like an angel, just all in white, taking notes. Kids are not stupid unless you raise them to be stupid. If you take your kid to church and bring them a coloring book and, you know, Pepperidge Farm goldfish to eat, now, if you give them actual goldfish to eat, you probably have mental problems, but Pepperidge Farm. You know, you treat them like there's some moron, and that's what they'll turn out to be when you raise them. As all the people stood in the presence of God with their little ones, wives, and children. It's one of the advantages of this place. If your kid has a massive amount of energy and can't sit still, he can run himself into a nap and nobody will even notice. Can you say Amen. How many of you are glad we're not in some small, echoey, 40-seat church? You can open candy wrappers in here, everything. If you go to walk to the bathroom mid-service, you need a canteen to get back. We are powerless, but we're looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon... Now watch what happened. This is what's going to happen all of January. As they stood in God's presence and called out to him in fasting and prayer, the Spirit of the Lord came into the midst of the congregation and came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. God has something to say. If you'll listen, he'll tell you. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Everybody shout, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Notice God didn't say they weren't a mighty army. Faith doesn't deny reality. Faith is an understanding that no matter how strong your enemy is, or no matter how strong the circumstances are, if God is for you, no one can successfully be against you. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. What did God tell Joshua? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. What did the Holy Ghost tell this separate congregation? Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed or discouraged. I would say 98% of, now forget liberal stuff, conservative media, Fox News, whatever you want, Newsmax, <laughs> it's, it, it gets you in the exact mindset that God told you not to get into. They're planning on going to a digital currency and shutting all money down. We're going to go to commercial. Then all the commercials are selling you bomb shelter equipment, freeze-dried food. You watch that. There's no way to fill your heart and your mind with that and not go in the opposite direction of how God said. God's 
If you're going to stay in the flow of the Holy Ghost, the Bible is telling you a posture you have to take for it to work. You cannot be dismayed and you can't be discouraged. How? How do you do that? Refuse to be dismayed. Refuse to be discouraged. I got a question for you. If God said, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged, then would he ever have news come your way that causes you to be dismayed or discouraged? Is God schizophrenic? Is he telling you don't be dismayed and discouraged? At the same time, I want to tell you this. Um, Thus says the Lord, you're going to lose all your money and 2024 is going to be a bad year for your business. No. The Holy Spirit does not speak anytime you hear a word. You listen to me. I'm going to tell you how to keep your mind straight. I'm going to tell you why Adalis is not on any antidepressants, why I'm not, why I'm not joining the pastors that all smoke marijuana now because it helps. I don't need any help. I have learned that if there's something being said that causes me to be discouraged or causes me to fear, it's never the voice of the Holy Ghost. It's the voice of the flesh or of the devil. But I'm not listening to the voice of flesh and the devil i'm listening to the bible i'm listening to the holy spirit and that voice tells me be of a good courage for everywhere your foot shall tread you'll be on land that i've given to you if they seize every bank account on january 2nd for some national emergency and replace it with a central Bank digital currency. I'll just take the other currency that God uses instead. There's nothing the devil can do to take me out of God's plan for my life. I said, there's nothing the devil has capacity to do to take me out of God's plan for my life. You think God needs U.S. dollars to help you out? He He made Solomon the richest man who ever lived. There was no U.S. currency used. He fed Elijah with ravens with bread and meat. Just bypassed the whole supermarket system. Bypassed the whole money system. Just had animals take food, according to rabbinical writings, take food off of Ahab's table and bring it to him. So I know the devil wants to make a plan to shut down people's ability to freely sow into the work of the Lord. Tough luck. God instituted sowing and reaping. Any plan to shut that down will never work as long as the church is here. As long as the church is here and doing what the church is supposed to do. So if you're in a European nation or Canada, I'd get to work. Because you can be shut down if if you shut yourself down. We're going to push. You know, Polonichi, we have tentative plans for him to come back and do a miracle crusade in Riverhound Stadium. 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 people pray for the sick, empty wheelchairs. When you push out like that, it pushes, it does more than just heal the sick and cast out devils. It actually pushes that spirit back in a nation. If you're not aware of it, let me make you re-aware. If you are a part of Revival Today Church, this is not a church where we're just trying to give people a sense of community in the area of Pittsburgh. This church is a fire in the darkness that is charged to tell the devil, I don't know who you think you are, but you can go back to where you came from. This place doesn't belong to you. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all the inhabitants that dwell therein.
Can you say amen? amen. I'm going to have you repeat a scripture. Say, no weapon, no weapon. formed against me no shall prosper. Doesn't say no weapons will be formed against you. It says they won't prosper. Then if you read it in context, it's provided you do what the Bible says. You know, some of you, if the devil put on flesh, he couldn't speak more death than you speak over your own life. You know, they're, they're saying that the job market's going to dry up in the sector that I work. Who cares? What, who are they? People know, what do people know? There's a, there's a stock analyst on CNBC that if you do the opposite of what he says, you make 90% every year. Expert. Expert. They're all, they're not, they don't know anything. All they do is know how to react. You want me to play a nine-minute video clip of what everybody said about who was going to win the 2016 election? If you said Trump was going to win, you were laughed out of the building. He's never going to win. What a waste of time. And he won. I'm not saying that this is not a Trump rally. I'm telling you, people don't know what they're talking about. Just because you put on a bow tie and sit on television with makeup on doesn't mean you know anything. But God is never wrong. Why listen to experts that fail all the time? When you can listen to the Holy Ghost who never fails. Never fails. You know, when you get into the flow, it's almost like it doesn't even matter what else is happening. I know what my thing is. This church, Fort Worth. If I stay in that, in the evangelistic assignment, the building of the Bible college, anything that pertains to that, I'm completely untouchable. That's why you heard when people were trying to move us out of the other building. Try it. Try it. Try to move me. The righteous are established and shall not be moved. You can't move me out of my place. They took Pastor Rodney to jail, but they had to put him back in 40 minutes. He was just in there long enough to get, I think he got three tattoos. Everybody say, you can't move me. I'm immovable. You know, I mentioned this this morning. When you see the Apostle Paul said, I'm torn between two opinions. Part of me wants to go to heaven, which would be far better for me. But part of me knows I should stay, which would be better for you. What does that tell you, him talking like that? Death was not the choice. Him dying was not the choice of his captors. He never died. These people are friends in other denominations that make it sound these people preach on prosperity and protection, but Paul was killed. They tried to kill him like nine times. He was like 1991 Steven Seagal. You could, no, he wasn't hard to kill. He was impossible to kill. And the first time you could kill him was when he said in the last book that he wrote, 2 Timothy, I have fought, not am fighting, not will fight. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I have remained faithful. And now the time of my death is near. I'm done. My life is not determined by outside forces. My life is determined by my decision to participate in God's plan. I pray I'm able to preach out of you before midnight. 
all remnants of, how many you know, many times we do our best, but things don't always work out the way we think. What scripture is that? You depressed loser. It's not a scripture. Stick with the Bible. Be strong. Be of a good courage. Any news you're listening to, I'm talking to conservatives, any news you're continually feeding yourself that makes you weak and of a bad courage, dismayed and fearful, you are violating God's recipe for success. They say the dollar could fail this year. Yeah, I know. They've been saying that since I got out of Bible school. I'm not saying it never will. Occupy till I come. Can I tell you a limitation that the devil has until we're out of here? Jesus said, with the wars, rumors of wars, plagues, nation rising against nation, there will be buying and selling, buying and selling, farming and building. Yeah, there'll be famine, but there'll still be farming and building, people being married and given in marriage, people will be, you know what it says in the New Living Translation? It'll be business as usual right up until my return. There is not going to be some big collapse before Jesus comes back. While the church is here, there's going to be roads and air travel and currency and oil and food so that we can get done what God's called us to do. Hallelujah! You know why I'm preaching this hard? Because if you don't have that mentality, you're going to get crushed. We would be kicking around tonight with 31 people if I was a bomb shelter, store up weapons, store up food preacher. We're not going to acquire land or a plane for what? You're all going to crash. No, it's not. Not while I'm here. Not while I'm here. Not while we're here. While the church is here, the church is in charge. I said, while the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is here, we're in charge and we're going to carry out God's will on the earth. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you whithersoever thou goest. He fed 1.3 million Israelites in the desert. There's no economy. No Walmart. No super Walmart. No anything. The desert. And he fed 1.3 million people every day with delicious food. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? amen. And he kept every... Put, put Psalm 105.37 on the scripture. On the screen. Psalm 105. Verse 37, the 105th Psalm, the 37th verse. He brought them forth out of Egypt. Put it in the New Living Translation. Loaded with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribe. The Lord, who did it? Who did it? The Lord brought his people out of Egypt. Loaded! Of a little money. Ask your Egyptian captors for their silver and their gold, and I will cause them to give it you. In this way will you plunder the Egyptians. 
They've been having you as slaves for 430 years, but you're about to get back pay. I'm going to tell every Christian in the sound of my voice, wherever you live, whatever the government's been doing to jerk with your wages, inflation, all of this taking of money from common people, God is going to execute judgment in your favor in 2024. It's going to come back with interest. The thief has to refund seven times what he stole. Klaus Schwab, George Soros. You think I give a crap about what they're planning? I'll be alive and preaching the gospel flying in my own airplane long after they're dead and buried. You can't curse what God has blessed. And I am blessed. And I'm looking at men and women. You're blessed. The devil did everything in his power to destroy you, but he failed. You're in a Pentecostal church tonight with the blessing of Almighty God. So rejoice. Rejoice in Texas. Rejoice in Pittsburgh. For the Lord has given you the victory. Rejoice. Your 2024 will be filled with reason to rejoice. I said you're 2024. All of your mourning is being turned into dancing. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Take 15 seconds and clap your hands and give the Lord a mighty shout. Come on, give Jesus a mighty shout. You can be seated. Everybody say, get in the flow. Everybody say, stay in the flow. You know why I'm not in Times Square tonight? That's not where the flow's at. It's a different flow. They're saying Hamas is going to be in Times Square. I know, I'm not there. I would be careful up until Christ comes back of just going places. I don't take vacations to Europe. I don't go to Taylor Swift con. I don't go to music festivals. I don't, I, don't, I don't go to stupid places to go get slaughtered like a pig. Christmas markets in Germany and stuff. Don't be stupid. I'll say, you know, you can be wise without being paranoid. I don't go hang out places. I go on kingdom business. And then when I do take a vacation, I go to Nevada and Arizona out in the desert like Jesus did. There's nothing to blow up. The heat already destroyed everything. Even when I take, you ever see when I take my vacation? I go to Arizona in August. You know why? The whole state's empty. Everyone escapes the heat. So then I come in. And I have the whole pool to myself. We never see a soul the whole week. Flow in the opposite direction that the world flows in. When they're outside partying, I'm inside fasting. When they're inside screaming in terror, loading up on antidepressants, I'm out on vacation rejoicing. I flow in the opposite spirit of the world. Can you say amen? amen. Be careful where you go. Be led by the spirit. Don't go to stupid places. You know, I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll go to Central Africa Republic. I'll go to the most dangerous place on earth if I'm there to preach. And God, I'd go to Tehran, Iran. If God called me to go preach there, I'd go right now. But I'm not going there on vacation or to try Iranian food. I'm stupid. I'm not taking a dog's backpacking through the Iranian mountains. 
No. Be wise in the last days. Be careful where you go. Stay in church. Flow in the opposite spirit of the world. And it'll be a protection for you and your family. Can you say amen? I don't know if you go to a Taylor Swift concert, and I'm not picking on her, it's just I don't know many musicians anymore. I don't know if there's a real, like, divine protection there. I don't know if there's, like, a lot of angelic activity to keep you safe. Here, there is. I want you guys to find out. I'll talk to you about it after. Because there's something. I want to talk to Jeff after. I want to I get something in place before it happens. Not that anything's going to happen, but I'm just out thinking the devil while I'm on my feet. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Then God gives them the plan. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up to the ascent of Ziz. Through the valley that opens in the wilderness of Jeruel. But you won't even need to fight. But take your positions. Everybody say, take your positions. So there's a lot of people, they teach grace in such a way that it just works. Some people think you have to fast at the beginning of the year, but how many of you know we have grace? Yeah, but there's, God fought the battle. The battle's not yours, it's the Lord, but take your position. There's a position they took, A, that provoked God to action, and B, there was a position to take to watch him act. Who leveled the walls of Jericho? God did. But they had instructions to follow that provoked his leveling of the wall. Any teaching of grace that makes it, <laughs> you know. I mean, no, we don't have to go to church. Christ already did the work. We don't have to tithe. We don't have to fast. We don't have to pray. We don't have to live holy. Grace covers sin. Grace covers no giving. Grace covers so much you can just sit in a pile of your own feces in loosely tied sweatpants and await the coming of the Lord. Anybody that teaches the Bible like that, you're listening to a moron. Capital M-O-R-O-N. Dummy. Stupid person. Everybody say, take your positions. Your actions matter. There's a difference between being here tonight or being at Pramani Brothers. There's not going to be no word from the Lord and Pramani Brothers unless one of you gets excited and busts in there after the service is over. There's places you go. Think about it. My dad had to get my, my sister out of the church we were in in order to get her baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're not going to have a service even like this at most churches. They won't, they won't even. <laughs> they don't know what to do with the Holy Ghost. You ever see the Holy Ghost move in a service at a church that doesn't have it? Everybody on the pastoral staff. I mean, they can't even hide it. Crossing their legs, recrossing their legs. Yeah. They're not, they're not comfortable with the Holy Ghost. They've turned the church into like a show, but it's not a show. It's a living organism. But you won't even need to fight, but take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. 
for the Lord your God is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will prosper. Look at the change. This is the same Jehoshaphat that at the beginning of the chapter said, we don't know what to do. We're up against a mighty army. We need your help. Now he, hey, hold on, before we go any further. Uh, believe the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Listen to his prophets, and you'll prosper. See, How many of you in the last two years since you've been going to church here have noticed you starting to say different things? Where when you said something, even you were like, was that me? Yeah, when you hang around the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost in faith, it changes you. It makes you start to say different things. You started coming to this church needing encouragement, needing lifting, but if you haven't noticed, God has already changed you into being a lifter in your generation. That's what you're going to do in 2024. God is going to use you to lift your generation out of fear, out of discouragement, out of addiction. You're changing and being changed into the image of Christ. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they said. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Now, this is prophetically what you're going to see happen in 2024. You're going to see the enemy turn on himself. God is not a God of confusion, but the devil is a devil of confusion. So you're going to have queers for Palestine meet up with actual Palestinians. You're going to have the enemy turn on himself. You're going to have people in the Democrat Party start to attack themselves. You're going to have people in the pro-abortion camp begin to attack themselves. We're not going to have to fight. God is going to cause confusion in the camp of the enemy, and they're going to be, you're going to sit back and watch the enemy destroy itself. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, airplanes, clothing, what you're wearing, and other valuables, more than they could hold. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to gather it all up. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord. It's still called the Valley of Blessing. To this day, the valley where they were supposed to die became the place of their greatest triumph. The enemy had plans for them, but God's plans kicked his plans to the curb. That's going to be your story in 2024. Whatever the devil plans, not only going to fall flat, he's going to lose all his wealth. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I want you to say, I almost made this the theme for the year, but the righteous shall possess the land is the theme for this year. It's probably going to be the theme for next year. 
but I almost made it. The pendulum is swinging the other way. Don't interpret, like I said this morning, anything about, I'm not predicting an election tonight, but I'm telling you that the pendulum in 2020 through 2022, that's three years, 2020, 2021, 2022, Pastor Rodney got arrested. And right before he got arrested, he saw that fire come in his room and the Lord showed him the earth and there was a black cloud over the whole earth. How many of you have ever heard him tell that story? And the black cloud was over the earth. And then he said, now see, I've taken my hand and removed the cloud. 2020 through 2022 was that cloud over the earth. You could feel it. I remember driving to go do broadcasts at our studio to keep everybody in the spirit of faith. You could just felt bad outside. There's nobody on Interstate 79. It was like you could feel the enemy hanging over. And I don't talk like this, you know, but you could feel it was weird. People getting mad outside, just seeing you breathe. They're angry. Go back in their house. You could feel it. That black cloud of attack came over the whole earth. But then God said, now see, I have wiped it away. The pendulum swung the evil way. And then God moved his hand. My uncle Ted was preaching in Rowlett, Texas, when it looked like the Supreme Court was going to mandate vaccinations and have OSHA be able to come into any business anytime they want, make sure everybody's wearing masks, even conservative legal analysts. People forget the victory God gave us. Already on to the next thing like nothing happened. But I, I don't forget. It was all but over. And my Uncle Ted was preaching in Rowlett and said, the Lord showed me a vision that there's a strong man over America. And then fire came and burned it up. And the next week, the Supreme Court knocked down the OSHA mandate, knocked down the rest of the overreaches by the Biden Department of Justice and everything else. And the thing immediately cleared up. The devil had three years. The church will have a minimum of four years to now move. The cloud has lifted. This is our time. You're seeing the pendulum go the other way. Just like it was a hard time to be righteous, 2020 through 2022, it's actually a hard time to be wicked right now. They're going to release the Epstein client list in a handful of days. People are already running and hiding. Every, in 2024, not just the Epstein client list, there's going to be all kinds of high-level exposures that take place because the pendulum is swinging back the other way. The Bible doesn't say the wicked shall possess the land. It says the righteous shall possess the land. The devil is not going to write the last chapter of U.S. history. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to write the final chapter. You're going to be a part of it. I'm going to be a part of it. And together, we're going to win victory after victory, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen? So the pendulum's going to go the other way. It already is. We had a, I mentioned this morning, and then I got sidetracked. We had a Soros-backed district attorney like they have in Philadelphia, in Pittsburgh. He lost his election. There's an, a law and order guy won. That's in blue Allegheny, blue downtown Pittsburgh. They have a law and order district attorney taking, taking power this week, where, it's a, where criminals get punished instead of people that are going against criminals. You can't have prosperity in a nation that has no laws. So that's why there's a, a move for lawlessness out of one camp. But God, God's restoring order. 
Can you say amen? Amen. So you're going to see the pendulum. There are a ton of victories for the church last year. There was a ton of victories for the church. Uh, sorry, there was a ton of victories for the church this year because we're still in 2023. There was a ton of victories last year. EPA, OSHA mandate. I mean, it's like every decision of consequence goes against people that are in the Antichrist spirit. You had Roe versus Wade flipped first time in 50 years. These are major generational victories, and it's not going to stop in 2024. Now, I'm talking about America. I'm not saying anything about the other countries. But in America, the pendulum is going to continue to swing the other way. There's other countries where it's going to get worse before it gets better because the church hasn't, is still asleep in those places. Sometimes people have to feel some pain before they wake up. It's like how people start going to the gym after they've had a heart attack or, you know, they wait till they're collapsed before they start making changes. But um, the American church, I can tell you from somebody that travels, I'm not just on Twitter and Facebook. I traveled more this year than I have any year in evangelism. 200 and some services on the, on the road that we did while doing the church. So I meet actual people. I don't just see the news. I meet people in New Mexico. I preached in California for a week, Oregon, all, all, all over the place. You, you watch the news, you think California is some hellhole. There are great Christians in California. There's great Christians in Oregon, in Washington State. Russell Johnson, who I met this year, that's, I would consider a friend, he just acquired a 20-some million dollar building that's going to seat several thousand people. They're going to consecrate it on January 7th. That's in Washington. The church is on the move in the United States of America. And the, the, the wicked people in this country are having a very, very difficult time. So everybody say the pendulum swinging the other way. And that's what you saw happen in Second Chronicles 20. It was like all the power was with the enemy in the beginning of the chapter. They prayed and fasted. And then it's like the enemy lost all his power and the victory came to the, the people of God. That's the phase we're in right now. Now, because Jesus is coming very soon, there is a rapid acceleration of what God has for your life. If you're going to see what God wants you to see in your life, you're going to, be, have, to, you're going to have to be willing to not move like you have a 600-year lifespan. You know, God called people. It's like uh, two of our new additions on, on staff here. They're from Texas. The Lord spoke to them to move when? At what Noah has seen or when? Yeah, July, and you were here in what month? October? I mean, from Texas to here, like this, uprooted. Both of them are from there. They don't have any connections here in Pittsburgh. Well, what about um, all the stuff here? You know, church, we outgrow our building before we have a chance to finish painting it. No, let's just slow it down. No, don't slow it down. Keep moving because God is looking for people. He's, let me make it more personal. God is looking for you to move with him this year. Now, my friend that's here has been driving his whole family from Ohio to come to church. And then he said, uh, I want to move here so we don't have to drive an hour and a half for church. And he told me what kind of work he does. Can you help me? I said, I'll help him. And then I didn't help him at all. That was last week. You know, I didn't really talk to anybody. It was Christmas week. And then he came up. He said, were you able to help me? I said, no. But then one of the ushers, Brother Chris, was standing there. He said, what kind of work do you need? He told him what kind of work he does. He said, I'll, uh, the guy that I, uh, I can hook you up with will be here tonight. And he's making moves. That's not normal. How, how old a guy are you? 
53, that's not normal for a 53-year-old to uproot and move states because he feels to be in church. Isn't it interesting? To, to change your whole life, not around a job, but around the house of God. That is going to be the difference in your life in 2024. It's not going to be your life centered around something else in church when you have time. It's going to be the house of the Lord. What swung everything? What swung everything in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? As they all stood before the Lord with their wives and little ones, the Spirit of the Lord came into the camp. So church, I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. I've only been a pastor for a few days short of two years. I, I preached this when I had no church, where it didn't make a difference to me in the natural whether anybody went to church or not. In fact, the less people went to church, the more they'd give to our ministry because they had nowhere to tithe. So me getting them plugged into church, actually in the natural, did not benefit me. And I still, anybody that knows me from back then, did I preach church attendance hard or soft? Hard. Those that are planted in the house of our God shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. You make church number one. People, if they don't see you at church, they assume they missed the rapture. Church is everything. Why do you think, let me ask you a question. What, what difference did it make to me whether they shut churches down in 2020 or not? I'm not a pastor. So best of luck if you're a pastor. I don't care. I'll just go do broadcasts online. I actually have less overhead. That's why so many churches were quick to shut down. People still gave. They didn't have overhead. You just do an online thing. Why did I get an attorney to go after the attorney general of, of, uh, of Pennsylvania to keep churches open? What difference does it make to me? Because passion for his house consumes me. Jesus wasn't a rabbi in a temple. And passion was not a priest. Church should be everything to every Christian. Listen to all these idiots during 2020. Bro, they're not asking you to deny your faith. They're just asking you to not go to church. That's part of my faith. That's a major part of my faith. They're not saying you can't be married. They're just saying you can't kiss your wife. Okay, I don't agree to that. That's part of marriage. It's a part I like, and I'm doing it, and, and I'm, I'm going to do it. They're not saying, yeah, bro, you just can't have communion right now or lay hands on the sick. Don't start telling me the terms of my faith. I'm all in for Jesus, and I'm all in for church. So let me say out loud, the pendulum is swinging the other way. Now, tonight is a prophetic night. God's already spoken to many people. God's still speaking right now, and I want to show you, when you hear the word of the Lord like you're hearing right now, how it can change your whole life in one moment. We did the 21 days of prayer and fasting. You guys are going to do it whether I ask you to or not. If I called off the fast, many of you would still fast 21 days. So I'm not saying it trying to drum up support. I want 7,000 people to key in, not just fast and pray. Make January 2nd through 22nd, this is my time. I'm not starting the first of this year out in the flesh. I'm not starting it out in my mind. I'm not reading Gary Vaynerchuk books, Tony Robbins. God bless all of them. You know, we need to set goals. No, I'm not setting goals. I'm having the spirit. They could not have beaten that army by setting goals. Now here, we're going to attack. We're going to have the children go and attack Ziz. No, the spirit of the Lord gave them a plan where they could win without fighting. With all due respect to all those other 
success gurus. There's somebody that knows how to get more money in one week than those guys can make their whole life. His name is the Holy Ghost. And he said, I will show you the treasures that are now in darkness, the secret riches of the earth. I have no capacity to make a plan to get a Falcon 50 or fill it with gas. The Holy Ghost did it. I said, the Holy Ghost did it. Many of you have never, ever tasted of what it's like to have the Holy Ghost run any aspect of your life, but that's going to change beginning tonight. I said, that's going to change beginning tonight. It's not going to be you making some plan, some vision board. No, it's going to be you hearing from the Holy Ghost and going from the spirit out, not your mind in. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? amen? So we finished the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have the next day, 24.8 acres of land given to us. And then I decide, which I was not going to, I didn't want to go to more church. I'd just been to church three times a day for 21 straight days. But I felt to go to Tampa, which I never go in January, to go to Pastor Rodney's camp meeting. When I go there, my Uncle Ted decided to come up. It's all supernatural. And then, Pastor Rodney at 12.05 a.m. felt to have my Uncle Ted come up and greet the crowd. And when he did... He spoke by the Holy Ghost out of his spirit. The spirit of the Lord says, million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. And my first thought was, I wonder where, pa and then his next word was, before the end of this year, million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. He said that to Pastor Rodney. So I thought, I wonder where Pastor Rodney's going to go this year, where he gets a million dollar offering. Then I decided, instead of wondering who's going to do it or where it's going to happen, to get involved. It would say get involved. Don't, don't watch somebody else get in the action. Get in the action. I said, Lord, if you get me to three million, I'll give the one. If God can get it in your heart, he'll get it in your hand. It took me 41 years to get to 1.8 million in the bank. We got to three million within the next six weeks. I gave the million. Somebody else flew up and dropped another million off. And from that point on, I forgot the second part of the word. He didn't just say million dollar offerings. He said billion dollar flow. Brethren and sistren, if this ministry had a billion dollars in the bank, we wouldn't be doing anything different. We are operating in a billion dollar flow. We fly on our own aircraft. We acquire whatever we're going to acquire with no banks, no loans, no nothing because of a prophetic word that came that set the course for that year. Now that same grace is coming on you and your family right now. The same God that fed his children in the desert every day and there was not one feeble among their tribe, you're going to see his hand operate on your behalf all of 2024 in Jesus' mighty name. I want to show you the, the piece of the service I'm talking about and then we'll begin to round up as we say goodbye to 2023. And head into 2024. Roll it, guys. Greet the people. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I was just thinking of the verse of Scripture. Where the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came in the midst of the congregation upon Jehaziel and said, the battle is not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's. And I was looking at 
a modern translation, and it said, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. So if God's fighting a battle, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. The doctor tells you you're going to die, you're going to make it. If you wonder where the next dollar is coming from, you're going to make it. And it'll turn into a million. Hallelujah. If you wonder what you're going to do next, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're going to make it when nobody else is making it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. He's never lost one fight. Turn it up a little. Glory. I'm going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're going to make it. Every day you wake up, you're going to make it. No matter what the world's happening tonight, we're going to make it. You feel the spirit of the Lord on that? So remember that. America's finished. Okay, that's not the Holy Ghost talking. How can America be finished when I'm still alive here? I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, If we can find five righteous, will you save it? Sure. That's God in the Old Testament. Do we have at least five righteous here? Even if we have some pretenders, there's not that many pretenders. Do we have five righteous here? I don't like people who talk like that. America's finished. The voting's all rigged. You think God, you think God, remember what God told Rodney, Pastor Rodney? I care not who's in the White House. You know what it means? I I don't care. I, you know what the Bible says about God? The Lord sits in heaven and does what he pleases. That's a verse. If God wants to take you to the top, he could do it with Donald Duck as the president, Mickey Mouse as the vice president, and the devil as the secretary of defense. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep playing. I dare you to say I'm going to make it. Shout, I am making it. Right now. The battle. Not my battle. Basil, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. I'm making it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I am making it right now. The singers are out ahead of us. I hear them singing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Just today, the mayor of Atlanta sent me the contract for Turner Field. Hallelujah. I'm the only preacher they're letting in this year, they said. But I think I'm going to spearhead it. You go in there. Amen. Because the battle is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. The mayor didn't know it, but he's going to make it. Hallelujah. What he made happen for me, God's going to make happen for him. Hallelujah. Last time I was there, the mayor was Hakeem somebody, and he took me for every nickel he could get. 
And there was a lady that helped me. Her name was Keisha Bottoms. And I got so happy. I said, Keisha, you're the mayor now. Pause I'm it. making you the mayor. And if you hear the power of the prophetic word, people think preachers are just like goofing around or filling time till midnight. A lady helped me named Keisha Bond. And I said, Keisha, you're the mayor. The guy got rooted out of office and she was made mayor. People aren't messing around, man. You can get around actual men of God that have an actual anointing. What did, what did Jehoshaphat realize? Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. Believe in his prophets and you'll prosper. So many false prophets. Yeah, but there's real ones too. My Uncle Ted's one of them. So I'm glad when he said the Spirit of the Lord says million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow, I didn't go, yeah, well, they're friends, you know, and that's what they do. They say that kind of stuff. They're, they're of the faith movement. Faith movement. Yeah, it's been moving since Genesis 1. It's God's movement. Yeah, that's him, you know, they just, they, that's how they talk. It, it'll do you well to discern when the Lord's speaking. That way you won't end up like that idiot in 2 Kings 7. That can happen even if the Lord up with the windows of heaven. God never speaks based on your ability. He speaks based on his ability. And his ability is limitless. You will see God's limitless ability, Monique and Mr. Albrighton. You will see God's limitless ability. You will see everybody in the sound of my voice, everybody watching online, you will see. God will show you off as his child in 2024. There will be no doubt in the mind of the heathen that you serve a living God in 2024. Continue. A few months after I left there, they called and said she became the mayor in January. Amen. And she was the mayor the last four years. But now the guy that's there now, he's a spirit-filled brother. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. I dare you to lift your hand and just say, Lord, I'm winning. I'm winning my battle right now. Hallelujah. I'm making it right now. Hallelujah. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going under. I'm not going to be not disappointed. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to let anything keep me down. I'm going to make it because the battle is not Pause it. my None of those things are in other people's hands. They're in your hands. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be disappointed. I have the victory, and nobody's taking it from me. Continue. Battle, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. It's in my hands. Everything's turning around for my good. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Pendulum Woo! swinging. The pendulum swinging. Woo! Hey! 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 We're making it right now. Making it right now. Oh, glory to God. Then look at your neighbor and tell him, you're going to make it. 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 Hey, glory to God. You are making it now. Battle's not I don't know if they want me saying this or not, but you know, the, keep that up on the screen. My Uncle Ted speaking right there, and my Uncle Ted didn't know that the guy I know, and I don't know if they want me, but it's been a year now, that the guy doing the building underestimated the cost by almost $2 million. And Pastor Rodney found out like two days before it was due. 
And then my uncle Ted Gage said, you're going to make it. The battle's not yours. So nobody knew he was going through that. That money all came in in the next three days. That's right. Because the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am telling you, 2024, you're going to see. There's going to be all, listen now. There's going to be all kinds of things that break loose that are negative in the world. But we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Don't let it get your eyes to the left or to the right. You're going to have the best year that you've ever had in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead, play the rest. Not your battle. The battle's not your battle's battle. Not your battle. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Pause it. The battle's not your battle. Some of you, you're doing the right thing. You know, I'm praying for my son, but he's hopelessly lost. Yeah, it's still your battle. Prayer is transferring it into God's hands. You should tell the devil the next time he talks to you about your alcoholic husband or your drug-addicted son. Oh, Mr. Devil, didn't you hear? I've already turned that battle over to the Lord. The battle's not mine. It's the Lord's, and I've already won. I don't hear anybody in here. The battle is already on. Continue, por favor. The Spirit of the Lord said million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. Hallelujah. For the years over, million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. Glory to God. For April 1st. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. You're making it right now. You're making it right now. You're not even faking it. You're making it. Glory to God. Pause it. You're making it right now. You're not going to have to wait till you're, if you're in your 20s, you're not going to have to wait till you're 50. You're going to make it right now. There's not enough time left. If you're 85, you're making it right now. If you're 60, you're making it right now. If you're 35, you're making it right now. If you're 10, you're making it right now. You're going to make it right now, Tristan. You're not going to wait for God to use you. He's using you right now. He's using you right now. You're making it now. Quit relegating things off for the future. Now. Jesus is coming soon. Take it now. Say that loud. I take it now. Sorry for cutting you off, Uncle Ted. Continue. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in the midst of the congregation. He'll spin you like a top. You'll run like a, a deer. Glory to God. The battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. There'll be a new wind and a second breath. Glory to God. Be a fresh wind from glory. Hallelujah. Take you around the world and up and down and all around. Oh, the battle's not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. Pops, Did I tell you? Hear him laughing. The Spirit of the Lord brings joy. I've just been praying. I just feel like America's in trouble. You're praying to the devil. America can't be in trouble because I live here. And the Jesus in me will blow the devil's sorry rear end back out of this country. And we're going to see the fulfillment of the book of Joel. Greater is he who lives in me than hills that are in the world. Jesus is greater than Vladimir Zelensky. Jesus is greater than Vladimir Putin. Jesus is greater than Joe Biden. Jesus is greater than the FBI. Jesus lives in me, and the Jesus in me is greater than the spirit of this world. Apologies, Uncle Ted. Continue. 
You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. No more struggling. I'll make it. Nothing I touch will fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I tell every one of you, you're going to make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look up to your elder brother Jesus right now. Say, Lord, thanks for helping me make it. Whatsoever's born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. That's right. Our Whatever's faith, born of God overcomes faith, the world. Faith, it's not overcome faith, by the world. in God. Hallelujah. The battle's not your battle. The battle I'm is born the Lord. Of God. Pause it. Put your right hand on your belly. Lift your left hand to the Lord. Say, I thank you, Father, that I'm born of God. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now just begin to thank him. Uh, hallelujah. Thank him. I'm born of God. And whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's a great picture right there. That's two anointed. Just those two living in America. What's the devil going to do? Take me out of the equation. What are you going to do with those two? There's not enough witches in witch land. Good, good luck to the devil in 2024. You're going to get a rear kicking. And it's going to be administered by Revival Today Church. Heaven's battering ramp. Heaven's battering ramp. Continue. As a dear man taught me years ago. You don't have any You don't trouble. have any trouble. All you need is faith All in God. All you need is faith in God. You don't God. have any trouble. You don't have any trouble. You don't have any trouble. You don't have any trouble. That's why it's hard for me to focus on prophesying anything I feel is going to happen in the nation because I don't care. Because it's not going to stop anything I'm doing. I hope for other people's sake, the right people win elections and stuff because they need, you know, people don't have faith. People are affected by the job market and stuff. I'm not. And it's not because I'm a preacher. It's because I have faith. You won't be affected by any of that stuff because you have faith. If, every, if the Dow Jones goes to 300, you'll have the best year you've ever had. Come on. That'll show you another way forward. Well, I heard the word. I believed the word and I acted on the word. And what you're about to see is what took place in 12 months. So if you think this is just preachers blowing smoke to get you encouraged for the new year, I believe the word of the Lord and I was established and I listened to his prophets and I prospered. I want you to look at what Jesus did in 12 months at your church and your ministry that you're a part of. And remember, the anointing flows downhill. What you're connected to, you receive. Peter's boat's boat was filled with fish and a cry came to his partners in the other boats and soon their boats were filled with fish. I'm connected to Jesse Duplantis. Soon an airplane came my way. I'm connected to people and what they have flows down to me. Can you say amen? Everybody say, I'm connected to the right place. Yeah, you're in the right place tonight. I'm not playing this to brag. I'm playing it for two reasons, to sh three reasons. To show you that this stuff's not fake. This all happened in one year. Number two, to give glory to God. And number three, to shame the devil who was not able to keep any of it from happening. Please, please enjoy this great testimony with me. Roll it, guys. 
There's no shortage of money, it's just in the wrong hands. God is going to do something about that in 2023. I said, God is gonna do something about that in 2023. The wealth that's being kept in cisterns, thought secured by wicked men, will be tapped this year and flow like a mighty river into the hands of the righteous. Groundbreaking, generational financial testimonies. Groundbreaking, generational financial testimonies. To me, fasting is not just not eating, it's separation and just you and God. As he was with Moses, as he was with Joshua. God will take you where you don't have the natural capacity to go. It's not about you. It's about who God made you and what his word says about that you. That is what really helped me find God. So Pastor Jonathan, reach church, not faith. She was getting so to the last night and... I haven't put it back on. It's true. The Lord said million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. Let's see what happens when you take a million dollars and put it in the kingdom of God and what he does back. So, you are making it now. The battle is not your battle. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. One building is not a big deal for God. One home is not a big deal for God. One land grant's not a big deal for God. Stop talking like the world talks and start talking like a child of God. God's not against you. He's so for you. He proved it. He sent his only son, not an angel, his own son for you. He wants you. He loves you. He loves you. There's not some kind of phony love, brother. We're going into the wild. Everything of sickness and disease come off of your women now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that this will be the best year of our lives. We refuse to be average. We refuse to live mundane lives. We are called to step into the wild, and that is what we are going to do. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never entered into the heart of man, that becomes normal for me. The same way trouble used to track you down without you trying, the almighty blessing of God will track you down. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. Get ready for a week like no other week. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard. I believe sitting in this room tonight are men and women that are going to wreck what the enemy's doing. He was a little one. But that prophecy was upon his head. Not only increase, by association there. I'm blessed because of you. It's an exhibition. It's an advertisement. It's a superior, supernatural marketing. You know what's on the other side of your miracle? Oh, hallelujah. I got to shout when no one else is shouting. I am damn God. I am in Christ. I go from victory to victory. I go from glory to glory. And I go from strength to strength. I don't go from sickness to sickness. Oh. Hear and feel this in my spirit. That he'll do a church in Texas. That God will supernaturally accelerate 
it would be it would be unprecedented the way God does it. The finances, the miracles, the signs, the wonders will follow him. This church is not waiting for revival. We are revival. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, they tell him he's in order. This church, we don't want some of the blessing. We want all of it. We want healing. We want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We want the gifts of the Spirit. And we want the wealth of the wicked that's laid up for the just. Groundbreaking generational financial testimonies. The kind you'd hear about once in a lifetime in church will become the order of the day in 2023. Financially speaking, 2023 will be an extra bad year to be wicked and an amazing year to be righteous. As you believe, God's going to make you come to 10 services before he touches you. God is going to lift every heavy burden off of your back and destroy every yoke by the anointing today in the balcony, on the front floor, in the back floor. This is your day in Jesus' mighty name. week. I mean, I dropped after a day of work with severe pain in my chest. I couldn't get my breath. Malignant hypertension, a tumor on my adrenal gland was causing everything. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't run. I couldn't walk. I couldn't speak. In 2020, out of nowhere, I got sick. Wind up with infectious blood. Couldn't walk, couldn't move. Holding a cell phone was like a ton of bricks. And I've been faced with leukemia for approximately 13 years. I was dealing with tumors in my stomach, losing blood, fibroids. God has blessed me beyond belief. Your life's not up for grabs for anybody to destroy. You look like everybody else, but when you commit your life to the Lord, you're not like everybody else, and your life is not allowed to end in defeat. Jonathan laid hands on me when I went to the doctor's last Wednesday. My PET scan was clear. My x-ray stated that everything was gone. She was going over my, my records and she said, honey, you do not have stage 3B kidney disease. And I was unable to walk when I first came in and I was running after Jonathan Shuttleworth grabbed my hand and prayed for me and said, it's over. It's over. It's broken off of you. And I felt the miraculous power of God and Jesus inside of me and just like it burst. The pastor sat there and put something through me that I had never felt in four years. And today I was able to run up and down a freaking jump. God bless me. God bless this place. God bless everyone. in 2024 is going to be the greatest year that you've ever had in Jesus mighty name Revival Today Church has sown over six million dollars to other ministries and overseas crusades we've fed over 2,000 children per day 
and we've seen a total of 2,228 decisions for Jesus Christ from our outreach teams. What a wonderful year it's been. Thank you for being a part of Revival Today Church. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every hand lifted to the Lord. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. I command this year to be the greatest year you've ever had. While the world's going in one direction, you'll be going in the other direction. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. You have envelopes in your seat. We do this every year where we make the first transaction of the new year a seed sown into the kingdom of God. Patrick, I want you please give Patrick a hand clap as he comes forward. This man runs the money in the ministry and is honest. Hold your hand up if you need an envelope. Revivaltoday.com and click give now. Here's a ten, come. Here's a ten thousand dollar check somebody gave me for the ministry, and here's a fifteen thousand dollar check somebody gave me for the ministry. So it's already a good offering, whether anybody gives anything or not. Amen. Just comes from everywhere. This is a significant seed sowing moment. Give you a little time to fill that out. We're going to count down the new year in just a handful of minutes. Revivaltoday.com. You click Give now. You can be seated. This is a spiritual transaction. Father, I'm sowing this seed to consecrate 2024 to you, to put you first. Revivaltoday.com, give now if you're watching online. Everybody that's watching online, ask the Lord. Let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. Not reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. I am so glad when my Uncle Ted gave that word, I didn't just clap like a seal. I decided to get in on it. Lord, if you've ordained for a pastor Rodney to receive a million dollar offering, make me the vessel that it flows through. So, this is that type of moment. What would the Lord have you to give? I sowed my way up to giving a million. First, you give your first thousand, then you give your first ten thousand, you give your first fifty thousand, you give your first hundred thousand. After you give the hundred thousand, it's a new ball game, I can tell you that. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have them receive the offering just after the countdown. Thank you for your giving in Texas. RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you came to this meeting tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's no better way to start a new year. I mean, you can post new year, new me all you want. Until you're born again, it's the same you under the same curse. If you say, Jonathan, I need to receive Jesus Christ and I want to do it. I want to start 2024 in holiness, washed by the blood of Jesus. I want you to put your hand up high and we're going to pray right now. Put it up where I can see it, in Jesus' name. Stand on your feet, everybody that's lifting your hands, quickly, because we have the countdown coming up. 
Everyone that lifted a hand, come quickly to the altar. I'm going to pray with you. Come right now. We count down in 90 seconds. Quickly. Every hand that was lifted, come to the front. God bless you. Give them a hand clap as they come. Welcome to the family. Boy, that's a good haul. Awesome. Awesome. So glad you're here. Love you guys. Lift, lift your hands to the Lord. Say this prayer out loud. Heavenly Father, I repent of sin. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.